Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. For a fresh new start And they never will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis from freezing Westchester County The snow's outside but it's going to be really cool inside This is great, we have author New York Times author Mark Cameron here. I just put it on Facebook. People are um, saying they're going to listen. You better listen. And Chain of Command is really, (laughs) really great. And God, I love Tom Clancy. I absolutely love Tom Clancy. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad you're doing this. And tell us, how come I have a set of questions underneath that I put here. How come you decided to pick up the Clancy series? I had to ask that question. Sorry. (laughs) That's a good question. And, And you know that's yeah. the thing is we don't really we're not the ones that decide the the publisher and the Clancy Estate reach really? is out to us so um, it's not like I was going looking for it I've always been a Clancy fan mm. but uh, I was I was actually on the beach in Florida with my wife um, mm. down there researching one of my books and my agent called and said that they read some of your other work and want you to pick up the Jack Ryan series so. It was an invitation, and actually Mark Graney, the author that wrote yeah, the winter books before I did, he he's the one that recommended me, so I'm kind of indebted to him for that. Well, I read all of his, too. I did. Yeah, yeah, he's very I've, good. I've read everything author. Clancy yeah. has ever written, and I want to thank you for not making <laughs> it 900 too. pages. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, it's hilarious. So... This this plot is different. You see, everybody's take on this is different. My, my question at the end is going to be, how long is Jack Ryan going to be president of the United States? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a very good question. Yes, yeah, seriously. you know, so much we have, we have, um, well, I mean, we're kind of tied to, this is a discussion that we have every year, and we're, we're tied to where Clancy left it, and it's, you know, far be yeah. it from me is a, an author to change how he left it. And we, the publisher, I mean, the editor and I have just kind of decided that mm. time has stood still. It's not like mm-hmm. every year passes now. We're just writing, you know, like Bond is written in different centuries, but he's the same general Bond and, you know, different characters do that in different book in different series. So for now, at least, um, that's the way it's going to be. That's good. So tell us the summary of this plot. This is original, i got to tell you. This is like, oh, my it. God. I appreciate it. And I, when I read the cover, I go, they're not going to really do that. But, you know, based the fact that it's on a pharmaceutical <laughs> bill, and we're all going through this horror now, this was just perfect because I'm still waiting for no. a pharmaceutical company to come up with a vaccine <laughs> or a medicine that has no side effects. That's never going to happen. So... How did you decide well, on this yeah, on this plot and the summary of the plot? 
I mean, there must be a fair pharmaceutical bill out there somewhere that nobody knows about. <laughs> no, that's that's just fiction. But but um, you know, part of it's explained in the book as far as the you know Puerto Rico used to be kind of the medicine cabinet of the United States, and and because of different legislation that passed or expired, you know, sunset then. Um, they didn't get the they don't get the tax breaks anymore they used to and so companies moved to places where it was cheaper to make mm. medication and many of those places are quite some distance from the United States mm. and other countries and so it makes it difficult for us to inspect them and there's a really a really good book that my wife actually read first mm. um, and then told me about it called Bottle of Lies it's about this very mm-hmm. thing um, and so I, I read that and you know, sort of bandy some ideas back and forth of what ifs, which is what you know what writers do, and play some mm-hmm. what if games. And 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 you know, we as thriller writers, we we're always looking for some new twist on reality to to get a little bit of a different thrill, a little bit of a different adventure for our characters. And I kind of, I, you know, I wanted something that was different than than a, a state actor, you know, us against such and such country that's trying to hurt us or another country mm. that's trying to hurt us. So rather than having a superpower, I wanted it to be a, a superpowered individual, if you will, a per- person that had a, a lot of money and, made, you know, big business and, and um, big pharma in another uh, part of the world happened to be um, kind of a perfect foil for Jack Ryan. Well, it is. let me tell you something. I, I, whenever I get, you know, something with pharmaceutical or whatever, I do my own little research. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I happen to yeah. know, I, I only take one medicine, which is really nothing. And I looked up, <laughs> I wanted to know where it came from. And a lot of the generics mm-hmm. do come from India and China. And mm-hmm. I was looking, one, right. one is, a, is a brand, and I go, I'm not taking it if it comes from there anymore. No, <laughs> no. But a lot of them do. They just come from, to, and they don't even know. And I wonder sometimes if the dosage is right or if it's wrong, because that's what they were complaining about too. So. Well, and I think that's a that's an issue that we all have to just be aware of. And the book is not yeah. meant to be an indictment of all medicine from India or all medicine from China yeah. or anything like that. It's more of an indictment of whether or not we're able to inspect and. You know the biggest yeah. the biggest pharmaceutical fraud and, and, and settlement in the in recent history was in Puerto Rico, where I, where the book wants it to you know wants it to go back to. So it's not that that you know theft and and fraud is you know that's a human characteristic, and so I certainly and I think I I hope that I brought that out into in the book. It wasn't meant to be an indictment of India in general. That's no, just I didn't think so. No, happened to be. So it was a. Uh, but that is something that we have to we have to look at. That there's a. Yeah. We need to be able I, to I look inspect up wherever it is. Well, whenever I get a medicine, which is not a lot, thank God, I look up what's <laughs> where it came from, the side effects, yeah, and, I, and and a lot of times I'll just say I'd rather not take it. And then the doctor looks at me when I, I say, I don't care if you prescribe that. I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. I mean, there, there are certain side effects you don't know. Then if you tell them, you know, I can't take this because it's got this and Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. So how did you create that first scene which sort of sets the tone? 
And how does it affect the president and his staff? But I love Jack Ryan, so he could be president forever. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe he would like to take the place of some of the real ones too. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the first you're talking about the Operation Noble Eagle, the scene with the pilot. Yeah, that was interesting. That. Yeah. So, so you know, in a Clancy book and in a, you know, in a thriller, we want we always want to have, especially Clancy, we want to show sort of the the way things are done, pull back the curtain a little bit on the government and the way things are done behind the scenes. And um, I I was fortunate enough to be invited to a um, a program sponsored by the mm. Pentagon um, called the, the JCOC, the um, – Basically, a civilian orientation conference for, by the by the Pentagon, and so they brought in about forty of us, uh, business owners and authors and people that uh, you know. I, there was a person from the a couple of people from the film industry, a couple of people from the travel industry. Basically, anyone that could either help get the word out about what the what the men and women of our are military are doing or who might be able to help with them transition into civilian jobs after they get out of the military. Mm-hmm. So it's a way for the, the, it's an outreach program through the, through the Pentagon. And so I was invited to participate mm-hmm. in this and it's a week of going around meeting different military components. And we had briefings at the Pentagon and we went to Colorado and California and, you know, played in the surf with the Navy SEALs and got yelled at by Marine Corps uh, drill sergeants, and you know, really, um, really a great program. Met some incredible people. But one of those briefings mm. was a briefing on Operation Noble Eagle, and I sat in that briefing and listened to. Here's what would happen if there's a plane incursion into Washington D.C. area, and this is the way it works. And you know, so many minutes to decide. This happened. So many minutes to decide that happened. And, that was a couple of years ago, and I just thought, you know, this really, mm. this needs to be in a book. This is fascinating stuff, and it's it's a demonstration of, of how well planned the the United States is, has become post 9/11. So it was a good way to mm. showcase it. And I had I had tremendous help from folks at uh, NORAD Northcom when I was writing mm. it. They helped me kind of go through the details and make sure that I got it right. So that was that was. Uh, Research well, you have really, you're, you're really lucky because around. when the rest of us write something, it's very hard to get somebody to be your you know your help you know to advisor or something like that. And I had why well, write from the point of view of the dead body behind the gravestone talking out. And I wanted to know something mm-hmm. about arson and fire and how to look it up because I spoke to the chief mm-hmm. fire person here and he said, well, you know, we don't have time to do it, but I'm an author here. I want to you know put your credit credit and give you acknowledgments and stuff and no help. What can mm-hmm. I say? So, <laughs> well, that you know, and I do realize that I, I am fortunate yeah. because writing for yeah. the Tom Clancy Jack Ryan series, I'm very fortunate that way. That opens doors and and allows me to, you know, get rides on aircraft and ships and chat with people. And I I do realize that's a that's a rarity, and uh, I'm very fortunate. Well, all that gets me from being a radio host is a lot of interviews and a lot of good books. That's about what I guess. <laughs> and that, that, <laughs> That's that, good that, that, what can I say? It's 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 no, it's okay. And I, in my last book that came out, I got 
a couple of nasty reviews recently and a couple of nice ones, and I, you know, I ignore them. So who are the main people on this? There you go. You this? have to. Yeah, somebody wrote a, a review of my last book, Population Zero. They put it on um, Amazon this morning. The, the, I think the review is about 4,500 words, and no, she didn't like it. And I didn't even answer. I just reported it. I said, I don't care. Obviously, you didn't understand why I wrote it. <laughs> the, well, the main yeah, people that keep them. occurring, do you have the same ones recurring? And why did you include Japan in this? How come they got involved? Well, you know, that's a that's an interesting question. I mean, why do we <laughs> include anywhere the the mm-hmm. you know the the world is our canvas when we write? And I'm familiar with Japan. I've been to Japan many times, and mm-hmm. the the character that came up was a um, somebody that's appeared in a previous book. She was a love interest for Jack Ryan Jr. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's nice to it's nice to weave in something something that Clancy did in his books was it you know um let's say Bart Mancuso who who mm-hmm. is the skipper of the the Dallas which is the one that intercepted Red October right in the in the hunt for Red October Mancuso appears mm-hmm. several times in in future books and so characters are it's it's a way to show that the intelligence community and the political world is one big interwoven fabric. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you're going to meet some of these people again. And, and this little subplot might mm-hmm. kind of muddle along for a, a while and then build to something bigger in another book later on. And so um, sometimes not in, and in real life, not every plot gets tied up. And so, mm-hmm. um, some things sort of get left hanging, like in as in life. We ought to give the reader satisfaction, and the main plots get tied up. But you know, we re- really never know what happened to to Yukiko and Jack, and why that. We know that work got yeah. in the way, but then uh, with another writer writing the Jack Ryan Jr. series, I don't want to get too deep into what Jack Ryan's doing because that's really their bailiwick. So I I steer yeah. more into the rest of the campus and Jack Senior, but. With with Japan, I'm familiar with Japan. With Argentina, I'm, I have relatives in Argentina, so I write about I write about places that I've studied, places that I've been. And with COVID, I was not able to travel mm-hmm. as much, so it was nice to yeah. set the book in places that I was intimately familiar with and could describe the smells and tastes and sounds and that sort of thing. I'm glad you didn't include COVID because it's getting on my nerves in some of the books. It gets to you. Since I had a whole family Include that had what? it, my COVID. Oh, COVID. Yeah, I no, mean, I, my whole family no, I'm had sorry it, to hear and that. yeah, my whole family had it in Florida. My brother and my uh, sister-in-law, my nephew, got it out of from school, and I, I got nervous because I didn't think they were going to. My brother, yeah, I didn't think my sister-in-law, my brother, were gonna, uh, nephew, were going to make it, and I lost a few people. So mm. yeah, I was glad. But this mm. is interesting because I looked this up too with the 25th Amendment and all that. So you created a problem for the vice president. I feel so bad. Mm -hmm. So there's a process when (laughs) the vice president dies. Yeah, see? See, I I do look things up. This is me. This is my mother's fault, God. No, not really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, How do do you replace somebody? And the guy wasn't really sure if he wanted to be the one to be replaced, the the, the one to replace the vice president. Well, and I think that was a we that was a little bit of a 
an homage to when when I accepted the the this role as writing for Clancy, I was chatting mm-hmm. with the editor and you know, it was terrifying because Clancy is such a big name and mm-hmm. I was a fan and so be, having it and, and then Mark Graney was a, a terrific writer and so stepping in. Yeah, he did. Him, His books were good. So filling in for you know, trying to fill Clancy's shoes, which is impossible, trying to fill Mark Graney's shoes, which is impossible. It's really a terrifying thing for a, a writer. <laughs> Even though at that point I was, you know, my books were selling well and we were mm-hmm. we'd already hit some bestseller lists and all that. It's still, it's it's frightening. And I told the I told the editor Tom Colgan that, you know, I felt like if he had asked me to continue on with this series and I wasn't terrified, I was probably the wrong guy for the job. And so I, mm-hmm. I know anybody that's asked to take up that kind of a, a project should be a bit daunted by it. And I feel, you know, ten time, you know, tenfold that way about being the vice president of the United States. So that was yeah. the the thought that whoever Jack Ryan asked should not want the job. It should be something mm-hmm. that, that's because, and and that's very rarely the case in politics. People have the kind of personalities that they want to get in there and do the job, and that's great, you know. More power to him, but to serve under Jack Ryan, who did not want the job, had it thrust upon him, then he really needed a partner and a vice president who came on the same way. And so that's how we worked it. Well, this guy got more than he paid for. Let's go back to the (laughs) main thing. I have 100 million questions, so if there's anything you want to answer, just say, I don't want to answer one. So we have Varma. Why is he upset with how this bill will impact India? And then there's Kanto. How does he? How was he used? I mean, the president was concerned about the pl- uh, the plants and the India plants, right where they were. He was concerned about you know the drugs and what and the problems with it. And then I guess going there, they sort of didn't let the people come in that, that are supposed to check. That doesn't. That sounds about right. So well, he decided that. Varma. Yeah. Varma is the. You have to remember when we when I do these interviews, I'm I'm two books down the road, so I I'm already, yeah. I've already I've already written one complete book and I'm writing another one, and so Varma is the foreign minister of India, right? I think so. Yeah. I think that's the the one. Yeah, and that meets in in Japan. So as a foreign minister, obviously, with if if you're going to care about that would be like the Secretary of State for our country, and mm-hmm. so they're going to. They're going to see to the needs of their own country and the best best uh, practices of their country and what they need. So anything by the United States that the government of India says, oh, you're going to take tax base away mm-hmm. from us or you know companies away from us, then he would obviously have a problem with that. So you know that's the just that's just the politics that goes on behind the the scenes and. Uh, so our ambassador and, and then vice president, ill-fated though it may have been, the vice president was there to basically um, appease the government and say this is not about the mm. government of India. This is about the safety of medical supply lines. And so um, that's where that particular character came in. As a, I'm retired from the United States Marshal Service, and one of the jobs mm. of United States, one of the jobs of a deputy marshal is one of, of protection. Mm-hmm. Now, generally, we protect um, 
judges, you know, federal federal judges and, and <laughs> Supreme Court justices. But but every year um, we're asked by the State Department to assist them in protecting um, foreign ministers of other nations when they come in for um, different meetings in the United Nations General Assembly and, and such as that. And so mm. um, several times over the course of my career, I was tasked with basically the same thing that the secret Ser- our secret service does for the president. Wow. The state department with a couple of deputy marshals mm-hmm. will protect for, I was on the foreign minister of Japan, the foreign minister of India, the foreign minister of um, Egypt, foreign minister of China several times. So, so I just got to watch some of the backstory of, of the negotiations, you know, just be the fly mm-hmm. on the wall. And so, um, that that scene in the Japanese um, prime minister's residence is a scene that I've mm. you know been in personally minus the mm. minus the big medical emergency but you know being the security person with the earpiece along the wall is something that I'm intimately familiar with so I was and even back then I knew I wanted to write books and so I was sort of taking mental notes along the way of how everything mm. fit together and then Luckily, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can write books about those experiences. That, that's amazing because with what's going on in the world now, it's even harder to protect somebody because you don't want to get sick mm. while you're protecting that person. You know, it's funny because I, <laughs> I, I won't tell you what year, <laughs> but I taught sixth grade the first three years. Uh, the first class was one, will friends survive after five minutes? And I'm little, and the kids were probably, it was a stacked deck of, of horrors, but I, I took care of them. It was okay. But the second year, <laughs> they gave me a group of children that were literally geniuses, and we took them on a trip to the United Nations, actually. This was the first time oh, they God. ever said, it was really weird. They were going on a tour, and the, the people uh, that worked, I guess there must have been some dignitaries in the hall or whatever, they invited my class mm-hmm. to, into the General Assembly to listen, oh, wow, and they even, in, and I was like in shock, yeah, Mom, what am I going to do, uh-huh. and they actually asked mm-hmm. them to ask questions, too, well, these kids were brilliant, and I was like, so, I, I didn't know, what, I was like, oh, my God, this is my second year of teaching, when I told the principal, and they mm-hmm. did call to say that, that these kids were there, and that what they did, I said, you see, I told you, you're lucky you hired me, lucky you got me, what can I say? <laughs> so, the death no, of a vice president. Fortunate. That's hard now. Yeah, it was really, it was scary because basically the principal hired me, but he didn't really. My assistant principal was my third grade teacher, and I was walking down the street, and she said, just come, you're hired. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's That's probably the best thing I ever did. So the death of a vice president affects the administration, and the poor guy that's supposed to protect him, he was really thrown for a loop, wasn't he? And then mm-hmm. they have to oh, decide. Yeah. Yeah, who, who's gonna who's gonna be next, right? So that's part one. Right. And then so part two. Yeah. The part two, we come with chapter chapter seven. How come you included the campus? I love them. Well, I mean, they're they're part of the story. I, I, uh, yeah. The campus is the is the since Jack Ryan is you know, behind the desk, somebody has to go out there mm-hmm. and do the, do the spy work and intelligence work and the nitty gritty stuff. And so in, in these Tom Clancy books, that's the, 
job of the campus along with CIA and FBI and diplomatic security and secret service and try to fold in all the, because of my background, I tend to mm-hmm. um, try to, you know, I wouldn't say I minimize the campus because they're a fan favorite and I enjoy the characters and all that, but I try to integrate them into the the bigger network of, you know, the FBI and the secret and secret service because of my protected background. I have many friends in the secret mm-hmm. service and and because they have the, you know, they're with the president all the time. It, it's easier for me mm-hmm. to integrate those sorts of plots. The the Gary Montgomery character, for instance, the Secret Service special agent in charge of the the, mm-hmm. the presidential protection detail or PTD. He's been uh, since I began writing these books. He's been a, a bigger character. I introduced that character, and um, I think Mark. Granny made it easy for me because he had the the special agent in charge get injured in a, a bombing in Mexico in one of his latter books, and so it was fairly easy for me to have her retire and um, put in somebody new. So, so I just I like to write about the real aspects of the government, and then the more fanciful mm-hmm. campus side, I sort of weave that in and. Um, they're the they're the people that are out there doing the James Bond, Jason Bourne kind of things, sort of the off mm. the books uh, government agents, or not government, but off the books quasi government agency that's uh, you know doing the right thing, but not necessarily with legal mm. coverage. Now we get to the nitty gritty of this thing. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. Harjit Malkmel Hordra, but he wants to sell the the pharmacy company. What is worth pharmaceuticals? Mm-hmm. And how is he involved with Canto? And they want to have change, but I don't know about this guy. <laughs> well, um, you know, without giving away too much of the book, I don't. You know, yeah. it should unfold as as readers read it. But he's. Uh, He's the superpowered individual. So, his he because he owns a big pharmaceutical company that he's trying to sell. Um, he doesn't want to basically mess up the prospects for this multi-billion-dollar sale by yeah. the things changing in the United States where companies are moved back to Puerto Rico makes it easier to you know the the point of this bill is not to physically move companies back to out of India or China Mm. or wherever it's just to make businesses Mm. make uh, Puerto Rico a more inviting place for these businesses and so it would happen sort of you know just happen naturally Uh, but but you know people that watch business and stuff you know Stocks go down when things like that happen, and and um, businesses are worth less than they would have been, you know. So his business, he stood to lose billions, and so he needed to mm. stop this. And he saw, you know, he sees Jack Ryan as the face of this bill, and so that pits him against Jack Ryan. Well, I don't want to give away. I'm, I'm crushing out stuff I think that would be giving away. So... You you included new members of the campus because you said you needed new people, right? It said, uh, yeah. that's what it says here. Yeah, you needed new people. But now we get to the hard part of the story. 
we have this man that I don't like. His name is Leo Debs. Now, why did they want to kidnap? <laughs> First of all, Kathy, like. <laughs> Kathy Ryan is nobody to fool with people. You don't mess with this first lady. She's got guts. So she didn't fall mm-hmm. apart, and I'm saying, yeah, she's going to stand up to these miseries, and don't worry about it. So why did they want to kidnap her? And who is part of the team? And they sacrificed the poor person. I feel so bad. <laughs> well, I won't get into I don't want to wreck it. I don't want to give anything yeah. away, but there no. is some, you know, you, you can't uh, you can't write this kind of book and people come no. away unscathed, good guys and bad guys. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a um, when something like this happens, and and I and I take this kind of thing very seriously. If, if uh, yeah. you know, my both my sons, my oldest son was in law enforcement for six years and he's a physician now but my youngest son is still in law enforcement i've got friends in law enforcement so i don't i don't want him and haphazardly kill off law enforcement officers in my book but but Mm -hmm. in real life that happens and so to demonstrate you know character and how bad some bad people are that that stuff happens it can't be all you know like the old a-team show where a big explosion happens and then they make sure everybody's getting up and running off camera that, so you know nobody really died. That's not that's not realistic. Mm. And so in the only way that somebody could kidnap do something as audacious as is kidnap a, a world leader's wife, a spouse mm. is to is through extreme violence and that's what happens in the book. Mm. And so um, yeah, I know. Obviously, I left I left some things out. Um, I'm always very careful to, you know, when I when I talk about secret service techniques and things like that, I leave out a few things. So the last mm-hmm. thing I want to do is write a how-to book for terrorists. Um, but I hope I made it realistic enough that people go, oh yeah, yeah, that might happen. Um, though there are safeguards that would keep something like that from happening. Hopefully. Well, you know what bothers me is when I read these, I've read so many, I lost count already. There are one or two that they were explaining how you get a bomb, how you create a bomb, how you blow them up. And I'm saying yeah, that's a little yeah. bit too graphic, and that's probably why there uh-huh. are so many people trying to do it themselves. It bothers me because I'm saying you know, there are kids, <laughs> there are people that are learning how to do stuff like that. And, hmm, and sometimes I yeah, even wonder, I'm, I'm waiting. With... Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, the problem is that with, I mean, the reality is, I should say, is that with with information the way it is online, yeah, and not, I'm not just talking about the dark web, but just open source web pages, anybody can find out things. There's so much open source stuff, so it doesn't. They don't have to. They don't have to read a mystery or thriller book. They just get online and look and. Um, it's sad. That's just the way it is. You know what's really scary is that, and this is a fact because I looked into it, I've been getting these phone calls from 917 numbers. I don't answer them. They're from India mm-hmm. and from all sorts of foreign countries mm-hmm. or from people wanting to mm-hmm. sell you something or some kind of people telling you <laughs> that, that they're from. One, one this morning was a good one from ABC News. They, the person, you know, did their name, did their name. I just deleted and don't answer. That's what's even scarier. <laughs> So, we yeah, have the well, chain of command. 
Yeah, it's 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 scary. Let me tell you. So tell us more about. We have the chain of command, and then we have the vice president. And then why did dear Hart didn't want to do it? And who is Ch- oh Chadwick? God, I don't like her. Um, yeah, she she wanted the job real bad, and I'm so glad Ryan didn't do that because that would have been a disaster. She's horrible. What can I say? She's got my she's got my wacko that, personality there. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want her. No, 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 not really. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody, everybody. What I hope I've showed shown with Michelle Chadwick with Senator Chadwick is that she's a, she's a regular person. She's done good stuff yeah. in the past. She's done bad stuff in the past. She she obviously is against Ryan's agenda for the most part, but in this particular book, she's mm-hmm. kind of helping him. They have they have the same interests as far as this bill, and so we certainly don't want to see her as vice president, but but he wants her help, and he's happy to have it, but as he says, you know, he knows she's a snake, and he mm-hmm. knows what she's going to be like, so Ryan's aware. Ryan's generally the smartest guy in the room, and he's aware of what's going on, and he sees, he's been watching Mark Dehart for, um, I think he was introduced in the second book. I can't remember, Oath of Office maybe, um, mm-hmm. my second book. I get confused of when, who came in when. But so he's been, um, at least in the last two books, and I think the last three books, so we've been slowly getting to know him as a character, um, as the the Secretary of Homeland Security, which is over the Secret Service and, you know, civil agencies within the, the government. And so we've, get, we've gotten to learn a little bit about him as a person and see that he is much like Ryan, that he just wants to do the right thing. And so mm. he was kind of a, a logical choice, I think, um, you know, for somebody to pick. But is be a candidate, but he certainly doesn't want the job. Well, we have Chapter 18, and the campus is after somebody. So who is Steve Chili Edwards, and how does he become involved? I don't like him either. You don't like Chili? I do like him. I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Chili's okay. <laughs> Chili. He's hard. Chili's he's he's difficult, guy. but he's interesting, yeah. Chili's a SWAT guy. He's a, he's a yeah. uh, SWAT sniper and... He's young and wants to get on with the bureau, and he, you know, I don't want to give stuff away, but we unfold no. his character along the way, and he's, he's, um, he's just a good young. He's he's my illustration of you know so much of of a so much of a um, Clancy book deals with technical mm. things and big you know big government and what's going on behind the scenes, and you know we have tens of thousands of, of law enforcement officers around the, the United States that just go to work every day and try to keep us safe. Um, yeah. And Chili's, Chili Edwards is my illustration of those officers. He's a young officer who rides a motor, you know, he's a motor officer, He's but he also was a SWAT officer, and he wants to get on with the Bureau, but he's working for Abilene PD. That was another really fun part of the, the book is I'm from Texas originally. And so I, I mm. was down there visiting my mother and I, I called, I wanted a city for some of this stuff to happen that, um, um, I wanted it to be 
kind of away from everything. So it was mm-hmm. not like if I put it in Dallas, a million federal agents and other departments and everybody could descend on things. And so I wanted to set some of this adventure farther away from a main metroplex area. You know, like if you sit in New York, for instance, there's so many police officers around there. It's an army. But in Abilene, Texas, it's sort of out in the middle of West Texas with not very many towns around it. And so they, that small, medium-sized department has to handle things on their own, which um, is kind of like we have up here in Alaska and Anchorage. And so I called up Abilene PD and the, the chief there and the, the lieutenant there they just really opened their doors and I drove out there and they showed me around introduced me to folks with their SWAT team and their motor team mm. officers and uh, just really really like I say opened their doors to me and helped me out so I could see the the uh, basically the fabric and and, and culture of, of uh, Abilene PD and uh, hopefully was able to translate that onto the page with Chile and, and the other guys on the PD. That's so interesting. I'd love to go on a ride along. That'd be fun. See, that's that's my kind of thing. Joe yeah, <laughs> wouldn't even yeah, be afraid. What can I say? Well, I, I taught in a, bed, a tough area in the Bronx, so, and I grew up in the South Bronx, mm-hmm. so it didn't bother me. You, you well, never knew what you was going to happen when you used to walk through the building. Uh, I never had a problem <laughs> with the parents or the teachers or the kids or anything. It's just that you had to really be careful walking around the neighborhood. It was kind of not safe at times. But sure. I had my own prote- I had my own protection squad of kids. I never worried. So <laughs> Kathy gets Kathy gets kidnapped. So how does she? Mm-hmm. How do they go about making her give a speech and tell us about hackerspace and the two men involved? That's interesting. We have about twenty minutes. My God. Um, I guess I didn't. That, that was a couple of different questions that tell us the tell us about what. Well, space. how did they get? How did they manage to get Kathy? How did they manage to get her? I mean, it's hard to kidnap the vice well, president, I think, the president's wife. Well, exactly. No, exactly. And it's a lot of intelligence. And part of yeah. the part of the interesting thing for me to to research and to imagine in this book is so you have the campus which is as we said earlier uh, kind of an off the books government agency actually a government quasi-government entity um in fact we should call it a non-governmental entity um because it's privately funded and privately run and all of that but it was set up by jack ryan back in the day in Mm. in the in a book that clancy wrote called teeth of the tiger um and so the campus is you know, basically self-funded is this financial arbitrage company, and they, through investments, they fund their things and go around and, and sometimes work with the with the CIA and, and the military and things like that. Um, but as I've written these books, I've made them more in line with 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 CIA, where they actually act as quote-unquote agents, if you will, where case officers with CIA will kind of ride herd over members of the campus and say, here's what you're going to help us do and that sort of thing. Um, So the mirror of the campus is uh, Mm -hmm. the same sort of organization but on the bad side, and that's what the Camarilla is. The Camarilla Mm -hmm. means the little room. So uh, basically the room where the decisions happen 
outside the king's, you know, in at the corner of the dark corners of the palace kind of a thing. And so um, this group of mercenaries, if you will, um, mm. that are former sort of disgraced members of various militaries around the world and law enforcement agencies around the world are hired to um, kidnap the vice president or to kidnap the president's wife. So, you know, they just go about it the way they would any military operation and with intelligence and training and, mm. and a, a plan. They, they tabletop the plan and as any, as any military would do if they were trying to um, do a rendition on someone, you know, an enemy. So they, they, it, it was, it was interesting for me to imagine, mm-hmm. okay, here's the campus on one side. Here's the Camarilla on the other hand. What's the difference mm-hmm. here? How, what's the, how can I, you know, like when you're a teacher, we compare and contrast. How, what are they, yeah. how are they alike? How are they different? So that was the fun for me as an author. That was the fun mm-hmm. of writing that book is writing about two different motivations of groups that were essentially, if you looked at them on paper, they were the same, but one had a noble purpose and the other one was yeah. pretty so thuggish. Before I, for, before I forget, tomorrow, this is we don't do two in a row, people. Michael Embry will be there with Reunion of Strangers. Now the 10th, I've got to go over my notes for sure. I am, This is the second time I am in, this is not an interview. This is a discussion with my reading professor from college that I got my second master's with. And Dr. George Cavuto and I are going to be taking on, we took on the mechanization of education in August. Monday we're going to be taking on how to assess students through problem solving and reading and how you know what their learning disabilities are. That's my field as a reading specialist. So Dr. Cavuto and I are going to talk, chat about that. I'm excited. And I have my talking points, and he sent his, and he said I did a good job. And it's a long story. He he was my very first professor, and if not for him, I don't know if I'd be able to do this. He taught me how to look past what's on the page and understand what people are trying to say, so I'm proud of that. On the 12th, we have the author of Helen Power, and on the 17th, Dennis Palumbo, and I will take on Winter Blues and Anxiety. On the 20th, this is the first time I've ever interviewed her, Marsha Muller, Ice Cold. On the 24th, Dr. Maxine Thompson, Lineage. And on the 26th, I don't know if you do panels. This is going to be fun. We're going to talk about the last line of a book and how you write it. That should be taking me all the way through January. So we have Dr. Harper, Monty Harper. What is he doing at the start of Chapter 30, and what is the roof of the world? Okay, the start of Chapter 30. Um I don't know my chapters. Harper. No, okay. So what is, what is, what so is his Harpers, job? What did he do? The, Har- the Harpers are physicians, and he's an yeah. ophthalmologist um, who travels to to poorer parts of the world. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I, I should point out that Kathy is an ophthalmologist, a world-renowned. Uh, yeah. Kathy Ryan is an ophthalmologist, so that's a way for them to be acquainted with one another because everybody needs to sort of be tied together, if you will, um, in the story. And my oldest son is an ophthalmologist, so it allows me to <laughs> quiz mm. him and say, hey, let me let me find out some 
interesting tidbits and backstory and details about about this. Um, but so, you know, in, in chatting with my with our oldest son about some of his his uh, professors and, and mentors and people he's read about, so much of the world deals with cataracts, especially the, yeah. the poor parts of the world. And, and a cataract, as we you know, as we get older, we all get cataracts. One you know, to one extent or another as our, as our bodies age. And, but some countries and some parts of the world, especially up high, like in the roof of the world and the, in the, the, high, the high Pamir Mountains and of Afghanistan mm. and Pakistan, um, uh, and when you're up that high, you don't have the protection of the atmosphere as much as, you know, in Nepal. Um, and so light just really plays heck with people's eyes and, and there's just a lot of blindness and that blindness you know stuff that could cost you two thousand dollars to get cataract surgery you know for a, a single lens in the united states not counting a surgery um there are pioneers in the industry who can go into these faraway places off the beaten path and and for a, mm. basically twenty dollar lens give someone back their sight. And so there are truly mm. doctors, and I mention a couple of them in the book, that are like, you know, this Monty Harper character that travel like Doctors Without Borders and they'll spend a couple mm. of weeks in Africa or a couple of weeks in Nepal and do hundreds of cataract surgeries and give people back their lives, basically, because then, you know, these poor villages, they... Um, my son showed me a picture one time of a, of a doctor an ophthalmologist mm. in Africa and mm. his assistant is holding a flashlight and a, um, uh, or I mean an umbrella and a fly swatter while he does a, a cataract surgery. And that picture, really, that photo really moved me. And so I wanted to have a character like that, that was part of the adventure, but also doing some really noble work around the world. So that's, that's, that's the Harper's. I know. You know, my husband had cataract surgery right before this pandemic in January of 220. We were lucky because the people Mm -hmm. that, when we went like in February for the follow-up, whatever it is, because you have to go a couple of times, after that, the ophthalmologist, who he's really good, uh, said he can't do anymore until they decide what they're going to do with all these people with the pandemic. So he was lucky. Right. And then when they, he, I was mm-hmm. allowed, actually, you're not allowed in the surgery. You're allowed to in the, the uh, waiting room, but you're not allowed in the surgery mm-hmm. center. But the lady said I was so nice, she let me come in and see. So I was allowed <laughs> to come in for like 10 minutes and, and visit and see what they were doing and then waiting for him outside. And I swore that I would never do it, ever. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not that brave. So. We <laughs> we have another character before we end. Naomi, why was why does she involve them? Why did they kidnap her? Uh, who who are we talking about here? I'm trying to remember who that is. Sorry. Naomi? Okay, so you know what? What I have some general questions that we could ask because after all, Kathy gets kidnapped, and how does the president react to that? When he realizes she's gone, what is he going to do? There's videos and everything that come out. Typical, like on television, it was scary. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, if you think about it, he's the most powerful yeah. man, in, you know, arguably the most powerful man in the world. Um, 
with his, you know, finger on the nuclear buttons and yeah. able to make decisions that affect not only world peace but world economies and, and mm-hmm. everybody is watching what he does and and Tom Clancy when he wrote you know in his books and when he created these characters um created a very special dynamic between Jack Ryan and his wife and they they are you know they've been through super hard times in in mm. uh, in earlier books in um some of all fears she thought that he was having an affair and you know he started drinking heavily and she it, basically it took Clark and Dean to prove to her that hey he's not having an affair with this lady he's giving money to mm-hmm. he's helping out a lady who is a widow of a you know a, a soldier who he feels for and wants to help who helped him and so he's helping her so you know, they've been through hard times, but because of these hard yeah. times over the course of the books, they're extremely, extremely close. And what I like about Kathy is she's strong in her own right. She's not yeah, like, like a weak reflection of Jack Ryan. She's smart. She's a world-renowned ophthalmologist and, and retinal surgeon and, you know, thought of as as a, a, a leader in her field. And, you know, and, and being the president's wife is no easy ask and so she gets to you know we in in every book i've written there's sort of a little bedroom scene where they chat and talk and yeah. we get to see those intimate moments between them where they're you know they're he's the president but he's also a husband and a father and so put all that background together and then his best friend gets kidnapped and and i, I have a very close relationship with my own wife and i can't imagine mm-hmm. staying sane and so he has to make that decision and kind of divorce himself. Okay, I can I can marshal all the mm-hmm. power of the United States government to find my wife, but is that the right thing to do? And so he that's part of the question of the book is what's he going to do when he's faced with that? How does he how does he respond to that? Well, I like the vice president. You got to keep him. I like this guy. God's got to do it. He tried. So here's here's a here's a question for the last couple of minutes. Last night I was sitting there and I'm saying, okay, I got to come up with something that nobody else is going to ask because that's that's me. And yeah, that's what okay. my professor says. Only you would ask questions like that. I go, that's good. You taught me. <laughs> okay, there you go. That that uh, that and I still well when I read your book and nobody could have this because I destroyed it because I underlined circle and I put a. Uh, Question mark for questions and underline what to put in the review, <laughs> and it's just weird. Okay. So this is this is going to continue, thank goodness. So how are you going to keep this series alive with with Ryan as president? What's next for him? Something good, I hope. I'm waiting for somebody to well, write a book about a... medical lack of medical care in America because you can't get it anymore. <laughs> so thanks to urgent care well, and, and the fact that something. they only care about the the vaccine, you can't even get in. So how are you going to keep this alive? What's next for Jack Ryan? You know, that's a really good question, and I'll answer it in two parts. One, oh, good. Because, <laughs> uh, because Don Bentley writes the summer books. I know. I'm not 100% sure. And so Don writes about Jack Ryan Jr., but that's all also, you know, the, the milieu is the the same family and, you know, the president yeah. and all of that. So I'm not 100%, 100% sure where 
I haven't read the the uh, the book yet. I've read his previous book and, and thoroughly enjoyed it, but I haven't read the newest one yet. I know the the basic plot, but I'll let him discuss that. But um, but some of the same characters do appear, and and you know that yeah. sort of thing. He carries these forward. But as far as what I'm going to do, I'm I'm signed up for for at least one more. Um, oh, good. And then we'll kind of see where we go from there. But I'm I'm I've turned in my ideas and my plot outline to the editor, and they they have agreed with it. And I will just tell you that this book is completely different. It's completely different than than uh, the ones I've written in the past, and I, I hope it will be uh, a really fun surprise to the uh, to the reader. And that's all I can really all I can really say. Same characters, it's still Jack Ryan and Bing and Kathy and Clark and and um, and Mary Pat, but uh, it's going to be different. A little bit of a different uh, book, so I'll just leave that there. Just make sure I get it. I get I get to read it first. <laughs> I read that. You know, it's funny because I had a pile of books that weighs more than my hundred seven pounds. And <laughs> yeah, and I this one just came, and I go like, wait a minute, I'm going to stick those aside. Let's just read this one first. <laughs> and well, I, it, it, that. I mean, I, I I don't always do that, and I go like, oh my god. And then I've got a few that I don't know how to tell. I review for somebody for a whole bunch of you know different places, and I review for this particular tour. I won't say which one. And I actually had a, the book printed out because the font was so big, and I'm reading it. I'm going like, I think I want to pass on this one. <laughs> it's really like, oh, my God. And I feel bad because I review for them, and I really don't like the book. So I, 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 I love this series. I read Target Acquired, and it was mostly about Jock Ryan Jr. And actually, That's I, when you when you have the best publicist in the universe, she's great, Alora. And um, <laughs> she she yeah, she very, said to me, good. okay, when you're going to do this, I go, okay, no problem. I didn't ask for the next one for his yet. I'm waiting to see if, if this publicist asks me to read it. That's what I usually do is wait, but then uh, you never know. Mm-hmm. This I really like this series, the way you write it. So where can we find – do you have Thank another you. series besides this one, besides Jack Ryan? Did I miss something? Yes. No, I, no, I have two. I have uh, an Arliss Cutter series about a deputy marshal. Another deputy marshal based in Alaska. The next one of those yeah. comes out. It's called Cold Snap. It comes out. Uh, that'll be number four. Comes out. When is that April, coming out? April, the end of April. Well, who's doing? Who's handling so, that? Uh, We're not the same publishing company as this one, right? No, it's Kensington. Kensington publishes my other books, and then uh, Putnam publishes the Clancy. So, and then I have another series. That mm. they actually read that got me the the notice for the mm. Jack Ryan's and that's a um, a series about a character named Jericho Quinn that are more over the top you know anti terrorism agent stuff. Um, as I mentioned, my oldest son was a, a in the mm. law enforcement for a number of years with the Air Force. He was an OSI agent, which is kind of like the Air Force's version of NCIS. Um, so this character is a, a Air Force OSI agent. So I have ten of those books actually out. Um, Jericho Quinn, and then but I'm right now the publisher has me focusing on the the um, Arliss Cutter series. 
Well, they have to send me the one in April. Let's see, let's see. I, I find these things out very nicely. But then I get in trouble because I, so somebody will say I'm coming out with a new book on on Facebook, and I'll go, so how come I don't have it in my hand? And then the next day I usually get it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't do this. No, with, I, don't yeah, do are, with, I don't do it with everybody. I get in trouble a lot with yeah. Vincent Zandria because I love him. And you know he's got a. He said he's going to send me a case of books. I go just warn me so I can warn the postman to just drop it in front of my door, whatever. But anyway, thank you so much. How is the weather? You had 19 degrees, but you don't have snow. We have ice and snow out there. It's 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 14 below here. 14 below. Not bad. Uh, Lots of snow. It's pretty chilly. Oh, nice. Pretty chilly. You're you're lucky. You're brave. But then we expect it. We expect it to be cold in Alaska. Well, does it, is it dark now or is it light now? Can you? Is it all daylight or all night? It's dark. It's oh God, not, that would that, in, that would kill me. Anchorage, so it's it's not. Uh, we're gaining a few minutes every day, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, nine o'clock and it's still dark outside. Um, nine o'clock in the morning in Alaska, but um, it'll be dark. It'll be light by ten and stay light till about four thirty. Five. That that that's hard for the kids going to school, but then who knows who's going to school anymore? I mean, up here it's uh, like they, you know, yeah, big question mark. Yeah, they're all going to yeah. school here, and it's cold, and we have moose in the yard, and you know, mm. lynx and and bears in the summer, and it's it's a great great place to live. I know it sounds so different. I, mean, I haven't been anywhere in two years, so. Who knows ever? Yeah. But I want mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to thank you so much. This has been so interesting. You just brightened my whole morning because it's been like forgetted. Oh, and you, I sir. want you to know I don't do shows at twelve o'clock just for anybody. I don't. I really don't. Um, but I said this is I don't really seriously. But I said, but how do I tell them to get well, up at I, six o'clock to do something? Because I know it's a four-hour yeah, well, dif- dif- difference. Yeah. <laughs> and and no, now it is it. now. I appreciate it. There's now almost one o'clock in the afternoon, and yes. Fran's going to go out and see if the bakery, actually I got texted by the owner of the bakery. She saved all my stuff mm-hmm. so that I didn't have, so well, I didn't good. lose all the good, I, I, I don't eat, I can't eat cake or ice cream because I'm allergic to real milk. So she finds something that mm-hmm. has nothing in it that I'm not going to eat anyway. <laughs> but thank you so much. And then if you <laughs> want, if you, you want to send me the one that's coming out in April, let me know. I'll just add you to my schedule of books. Everybody, okay. it's, 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 a, it's a crazy world out there. But, you know, I learned a long time ago, if you do an act of kindness for somebody, and I do that every single day, say something nice or do an act of kindness, maybe the virus will realize you're not so kind and we don't want you anymore. And that would really be great. So, Mark, stay safe. Thank you so much. Everybody have a great day and stay warm. Bye. Thank you.